Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. chapter, I want to read just from not a very uh, read part of the scriptures. Kind of look over it. It's not very preached much. And hopefully I can give it justice today. I've spoken about it before. It's Acts 13, 6 through 11. It says, now when they had gone through the island of Pegmos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Baalimus, the sorcerer, for his name was translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And Saul, who was also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, would you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. Father God, we ask God that you will give us an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your direction. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Leading guide us to all righteousness, 
God, we ask, Lord, that you give us your ear so we can hear what you're saying. Let the children be quiet as the phones are on silent as we lean into your word. Let those that are here, hear. Let those that are at home right now, hear. Let those that are across the sea, hear. Let us be aware to what the Spirit is doing in this moment, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we've been introduced to this man, this this giant of the scripture named Paul, right? And so Paul has done these amazing things. He he, and not just I'm not talking about miracles because we know that he has done miracles, and we're not talking about him writing two thirds of the scripture either because he hasn't done that yet, and we know that he will, and that that is a miracle all in itself because. Coming from where he's came from, we know that this is this is it's a mighty thing that he does, right? And so we can get caught in caught, caught up in the actions of what people do, right? We get so much caught up in the actions of what people do, and and get caught up in the fact that wow, look at what they did, look at where they came from, and. And so they, we can get caught up in those things and the amazing things that people do and the great big things they do and get and miss the small victories of their life. Mm, right. I don't, I don't want to miss the small victories of people's lives. Right, right. right? The small things that that we tend to miss and we don't pay attention to, and it's those small victories that set them up for the big victories. Mm. I don't want to miss those things. Because if we miss the the small victories, we don't understand how they got to the big ones. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's the small victories of people's lives. We miss the small victories of people like Abraham Lincoln's life. Mm-hmm. The fact that he didn't even graduate from college. And he ended up being a lawyer and a president that didn't even go to college. But he's self-educated. But we don't even look at that. We look. We miss the small victories of Martin Luther King's life that led him to the great big victories, and and so so we can miss these things. But tell me about the giant victories. I wonder if anyone went through your life with a small tooth comb, and they begin to pick up the small victories. Would they even know it? If you really sat down with them, could you even explain the small victories? Or would you automatically go to the big ones? Would you just start at the time when you were ordained? (laughs) Or would you begin to talk about the day that you were saved and the day that you started talking to people about God? Oh, because those are the days that really, really matter. Could you even talk to them about the day that you even walked into the church? Because those were small victories. And Paul began to have these small victories. And people will miss them. And again, you want to talk about the time that he wrote this and, and said this and healed this and did that. But miss the small victories. Don't let anybody miss your small victories. <laughs> 
The Bible talks about that. It tells you not to dispel, not to dispel, and not to, to, to forget the small things, the small beginnings. Don't miss the small beginnings. So, so Paul is is in this beginning phase of his ministry. And so, so the elders in the church, they're trying to figure out what to do with this man who was a person that killed us. And now he's a person that is serving God and God has already said who he is. And now we know who he is and we can't do anything about him. We have to keep him. We can't get rid of him because God has affirmed him. So we've got to keep him. So what do we do with him? Let's just shove him away and hide him somewhere. I'm sure there's a bathroom we can get some in to clean. I'm sure there's a children's ministry we can stick her in. All right? I'm sure there's some kids' diapers that need to be changed. But God says no, and the Holy Spirit says there's a mission for her, and there's a mission for him. Ours oh, a thing when the Holy Spirit says there's something for you to do, sister, mm-hmm. and nobody can do nothing about it. The, the Holy Spirit says set aside a mission for her. Set aside a mission for him. It doesn't matter what anyone says about it. It don't matter what their theology thinks about it. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit said so. So it don't matter what man thinks. So the Holy Spirit says, I have a mission for him. And I have a mission for Barnabas. And I want you to send them here. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit begins to give them a mission. And so they send them off. You find this in the 13th chapter and you're hearing about it in the second verse. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they were sent away. Mm-hmm. Say they were sent away. They were sent away. They were sent away. They were thinking, uh, we could have sent some other people. There were some other people in the waiting. There were some other people that, that had more time. Right? There were some other people that had been, been waiting for a long time. There were some other people that had more ministry. You know what I mean? But the Holy Spirit said, send these two. They have work to do. Hallelujah. But Saul ain't ready. He he just got got saved, ready. He just got healed and and he ain't he ain't refined <laughs> enough. Right? He's just not refined. He don't pick up his tea bottle the right way and he don't do pinky up yet. <laughs> Why he's still grabbing it like a Neanderthal? He don't pray the right way. When he lays hands on people, he shoves them around and moves them, and he's just not refined. His prayers ain't delicate yet. sending somebody that we don't seem or deem as being 
Isn't that how we think? They just ain't ready yet. Y'all picking up what I'm putting out tonight? Yeah. So, so there's controversy on why we're sending him. Is there controversy around you? So, so they send him, and now they're off to do their first mission. Paul is on his first missionary journey, mm -hmm. and people say he's not ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to do the work? Are people saying you're not ready yet? Are you believing that you're not ready yet? Maybe it's you. So, so they send them off, and they're off to doing the work, and so... Being sent off by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Caesarea, and from there, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived to Caesarea, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. So now they had gone through the island of Patmos. They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The Bible says he was an intelligent man. Hmm. Now, this is the thing. Everybody's been telling Paul that he ain't ready. Everybody's been telling him he's not ready. Everybody's been telling him he's not refined enough. Everybody's been telling him that he, he's still that old person. Saul is in you. Anybody been telling you that? Yeah. <laughs> that old person's still in you. You ain't, you just, you ain't even had the chance to show up yet. She's still in you. And I know you've been going up to that church. And they've been telling you, you change, but I see you. I see what's still in you. And you just ain't had a chance to reveal it yet. Here's Paul's chance. Because everyone's not happy that you're here. Someone thought they would get get someone would thought that they would get clean before you. Some some don't want you to be there by them. They don't want to be there by themselves, right? They didn't want to be clean by themselves. They didn't want to be out there using by themselves, and they thought you would be there with them the whole time. And now you're trying to get clean, and they're still there. And Paul is in that kind of situation. He's trying to do things right, and somebody's trying him. You ever been there? <laughs> you tried me. You, you, you go out and you try to do the right thing, but you roll up on that X in the store. And now they're giving you problems when you thought that you was healed from them. And you thought that you was you thought that you was in a good place, but now old memories are starting to come back up, and you thought that you were healed, but you realize that you're not. And now some old things are coming back up in your marriage, and 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 you thought that you was healed from those things, and now you're realizing that your marriage is falling apart. 
And so now you're met with the opportunity to go backwards instead of forward. And you're realizing that maybe you're not as healed as you thought. Maybe your feelings got hurt because you didn't think that they felt the way that they feel. And, and instead of being there in their feelings, you got in yours. And so now you're in a place where you didn't, you, you, you kind of feeling messed up. So you don't even know where you are right now. Oh, hello. So in the ninth verse, in Paul, who is called, Saul called Paul, is filled with the Holy Spirit and looking intently on him. Pause. This is a pregnant pause. A pregnant pause is a pause that builds up suspension, suspension in the intense tenseness in the listener. For a greater dramatic effect of what follows after the pause. What are you going to do? What happens after the pause? <laughs> you see, this is where people end up in jail. Lord, have mercy. Come on. Come on. This is where they make the worst mistakes of their life. Right, right. You see, because they can pause and make a good decision, but most of the time they pause and make the bad decision because they make a decision based off of emotion instead of making a good decision based right. off the Holy Spirit. Right. They can't help it because they are big babies. And they just want to feel instead of being understanding. Mm -hmm. They want to be understood instead of understanding. They want people to hear them instead of hearing. Shut up. Come on. I need to be understood instead of understanding you. Come on, Pastor. Oh. Why should I listen when yep. you haven't listened to me? Shut up. That's what they want to do. Oh, this is a pregnant pause that builds up everything I want you to feel and now I don't want to feel nothing. It's about how you made me feel and not how you feel. You see, Paul is upset right now because I need him. Paulio says it's this man that's this magician that is so ticking me off right now. I need him to understand how mad I am versus what he's trying to do. Do he know who I am? Does he know my record? Does he know who Saul is? Does he know the people that run from me? Does he know who I am? Mm. 
know me. And then you haven't even heard of me. Let me tell you who I used to be. You sound familiar? You ever get to that place where you, you're trying to do the right thing and then somebody's pulling your cord and you just want to tell them who you used to be before Christ, B.C.? Oh, you must be don't know who I was, B.C. I, I, sometimes I want to tell people who I was prior to getting out of the military. You don't even know me. If I just tell you my record... A decision that can take only moments to make can end up costing you years of your life trying to recover from it. It may even be a financial or marital relationship, occupational decision that has shaped your world as it existed today. Some of us are still recovering from decisions that took us It started with a pregnant pause. Here is Paul on his first missionary mission. He's following Jesus, but he's been protected, basking in the love of God, surrounded by disciples, and he has not yet been tested. But the Holy Spirit has sent him out on his own. You remember when you first started going to church? When you first started coming to, cross, to coming to Crossroads or going to Liberty Church and going to, to church, period. You remember when you first started? Now we're getting ready to start a new recovery ministry. <laughs> and now we're trying to teach you what it means to meet people where they are. And in the process... We're trying to teach you to meet you where you are. Say that one more time, Pastor. <laughs> Say that one more time. In the process, we're trying to teach you to meet you where you are. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even know you was there, did you? Wow, right, wow. You didn't even know you still had problems. <laughs> you still didn't know you had problems listening to people. You didn't know you had problems trying to figure out what other people were saying. You didn't know you still had problems with forgiveness and understanding and resentments. And you didn't know you still had problems and you want to be there for other people, but you can't be there for yourself. You want to be there for other people, but you can't forgive yourself. And you want to try to help other people, but you won't accept help. Hallelujah. You want to tell people about alcohol, but you still sneak off and drink. You want to tell people about smoking, but you still walk out and smoke. And you think that you're ready. Pause. The pregnant pause. It's a pause to say. I need help. So pause to say, I need something different in my life. I need to go back to the altar 
It's a pause to say, you know, I stepped into something that I wasn't ready for. It's a pause to say, God heal me. It's a pause to say, God step in right now. On, I'm not ready. I need Come you, on. God. I need you, God. Help me. Yes. But we won't say it. Why are they scared? Why? Why? Why will we won't say it? It's because of pride. Oh, my pride is killing me. Come on. My pride is killing me. It's destroying everything in my life. It's destroying my relationships. Destroying my financial life. Come on. Destroying my jobs. Destroying me because I'm so prideful. Come on. Speak to us. Let it out. Oh, I act like I'm on the mountaintop when I'm so under the valley and I'm so hidden under the valley that I don't even know what's happening. God, why am I acting like I'm on the mountaintop when I'm under the valley? What am I doing? Come on, Pastor. Talk to me. And us. the only person that they said is an intelligent man out of the whole story is the one that the musician is trying to influence. Isn't that crazy? The whole, oh, the whole story, the only person that they said is intelligent is Sergio's Paulus. Come on now. He's the one that the magician is trying to influence the whole time. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> The Bible says he's the intelligent man. <laughs> the question is, what do you think is going on in his head? Here's the magician trying to influence him away from God. Here's Paul, solid, yes, come on. watching this process go on. And nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know if Paul's going to cut him. Come on. Pray for him. Come on, come on, Pastor, come on. Come At on. this point, it could go either way. Come on. Even when it's you, it could go either way. Come on. People wearing shirts saying, saying, uh, what? What's that shirt they got out now? I'm from the south side. I'm from the south, south side. side. Yeah. Right? I hate that shirt. <laughs> right, right. It is what it is. Because it's the truth. People who are Christians, we don't know what they're going to get. Don't know what they're going to get. Because we just as selfish. The question is, what do you think was going on in his head? Here's Paul, who we know, who, who was so sure he was right that he was killing men and women without thought. And here is the sorcerer that is trying to stop the work to try to hinder what Paul is doing. How does he respond? Does he pop off? Does he stone him in the street like Stephen? How will you respond? How will you respond when you find that the person you thought you could trust has betrayed you? How will you respond as a Christian? Will you get mad? And will you fight back with your fist? Or will you fall to your knees and pray? Mm -hmm. 
Will you go back to what has been comfortable? Or will you get on your knees and be uncomfortable? I like the way you said that, Pastor. Will you get on your knees and be uncomfortable or will you stand? Mm. I love that. Because see, it's awesome. What you just said is awesome. Let me be uncomfortable. Jesus. And let me be a Jesus. Let me be in Christ. Romans 7th chapter 21st verse, it says this. Ta-da. It says, so I find it to be a law. I love how he says that. He says, I find it to be a law. That when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God. He says, I delight in the law of God. I want to do right. I love doing right in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. He says when I want to do good, evil is always there. I try to step on the righteous side, but when I try, evil's right there saying no. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do good. But when I try to do good, my flesh rises up and says, no. What about you? You should think about you sometimes. You're always thinking about other people. But what about you? They wasn't thinking about you when they said that. They weren't even thinking about you. You went to work all day. What about you? What about you? What about you? You. you should take better care of you. Oh, they'll be all right. Go take care of you. Oh, it's just more about you. See, sin always wants you to take care of this. Sin is all about that. Make this feel good. Make it feel good. Come on, make it feel good. Make it feel good. It's all about you. I'm sorry. I'm going over. So, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. This is because there is a conflict going on between the spirit and the flesh. The flesh wants what it wants. I want and the flesh wants to retaliate when it thinks it's been doing wrong. And after reading this, it almost feels hopeless. How can I win? I have to fight against the enemy, the old ways of thinking, the old ways of being, the old ways of wanting my past, my addiction, my own self. It's too much on my own. There's always going to be a battle to sustain my change. Your flesh says it's always about you. But God says it's nothing to do about you. 
God says it always has to do with him and his people. He says, love others as you love yourself. He says, you think it's about you? And every time you think it's about you, he says, I want you to take that feeling and apply it to someone else. Every time you want to please you, I want you to take that feeling and apply it to someone else. (laughs) Sounds hard to do, don't it? Galatians 5th chapter 16 verse says I say then if you walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh he says I want to walk in the spirit how do I walk in the spirit I prioritize my spiritual life I prioritize my spiritual life Prioritize my spiritual life. I put that before everything else. And then I pray. See, this is the thing that's really been getting to me. People keep going on with this. I pray all day. I pray in my car. And I pray when I'm walking. And I pray with this. And I said, and Amina said this the other day. She said, how do you know that you pray to God if you pray all day? It's okay to talk to God. It's, it's okay. But at a certain point, she said, it's time for you to build an altar. Yeah. And it's time for you to stop and sit down or get on your knees mm-hmm. and begin to pray. But then shut up and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Never listen. Are you so busy ramming your mouth? That you have no clue what God is saying back to you. So you think this relationship is like every relationship you have. That you just run your mouth and you don't have time to listen back to what anybody else is saying. Because you're so scared that they're going to say something that makes sense. But shut up! So you can hear God. Gonna hear something that makes sense. He's just talking to talk. Third things. Listen. Trust and obey. You see, it makes no sense to talk and not listen. And then you're listening, but you're not trusting what you're hearing. And then you're not obeying it. You mean you're hearing from God, but you're not obeying it? So in order for you to obey it, you got to take what you heard God say. And then you got to call everybody in your Rolodex. To make sure and, and try to get somebody to change what you heard. Wow. Yeah, I think I heard God say this. And just keep calling people until somebody say, man, man, I don't know if that was God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe you need to take out his word. Listen, trust, and obey. Then the next thing you should do is speak carefully. I, find, I kind of find this is an issue. Um, I think some people just speak without thinking. Speak carefully. Speak carefully. And I'm not meaning think about what you just said, but think about what you say. But did you allow the Holy Spirit to temper your tongue before you said it? Did you even run this by the Holy Spirit before you said it? Did you pray on it before you said it? Or did you just say the first thing that came to your mind? I think it's important that we really think about these things. Do, 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 uh, and I know you spent all day praying. And you've been talking to God all day. But at any point, did you run this by God during that day? I mean, you've been talking to him all day. Maybe you just didn't listen. Trust and obey before you spoke it. And the last thing we got to do is control our anger. Because, you see, that pregnant pause is a, that's a doozy. your spiritual life. Put things, put first things first. Right? Pray. Listen, trust, and obey. Speak carefully. Your words have power. And your words affect people. And control your anger. So then we go on and then Saul who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looking intently at him and said, Oh! Full of anger, full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. He said, I'm not going to put my hands on you. I am not going to put my mouth on you. Guess what? The hand of the Lord is upon you. He said, I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to put the Lord on you. And there's some people in your life, you got to tell them, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm not going to put my mouth on you. I'm going to put God on you. Hallelujah. If <laughs> somebody in your life, you just say, I'm going to put God on you. That's it. You know what I mean? There is nobody, there's nothing that I can do to you that's going to be over what God can do. That's right. He said, I'm putting God on you. And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And shall be, you shall be blind, not seeing the sun. You see, I've been where you are. He looks at him and says, I've been where you are, bro. I've been in that place. Let me tell you, what God did to me, he can do it to you. Come on now. God had to blind me so I could see. (laughs) Come on, Pastor. He had to blind me so I could see. And God will do it to you too. So right now, you're going to be blind like I was. You're blind anyway. You just don't know it. (laughs) You're blind anyway. So, So let's go ahead and make that thing official. 
you blind. And he, and he, as he as said, oh, full of deceit, he goes on and he says, uh, and immediately a dark mist fell on him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. <laughs> Same thing that happened to Paul. Somebody, he went around seeking somebody to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed. The smartest man in the room said, oh, you ain't got to show me nothing else. Come on, man. <laughs> you ain't got to show me nothing else. I believe. Come on. When he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. <laughs> Saul would have stoned this man. Saul would have punished him, but he didn't. Paul gave him the God. He used the conflict to make a believer out of the proconsul. If he had attacked this man, yeah, right. if he had a hit him, Ooh. if he had a stone him, yeah. the proconsul would have said, I don't know none of that. Right, right, right. But because he gave him to God and allowed God to do it, mm-hmm. allowed God to show him. Come on now. Right, right. God took over and made a believer out of the man. Come on now. All you got to do is allow God to take over those battles. Right, right. So yeah. you've been struggling on how to make a believer out of somebody that's stone-hearted. Right. You ain't got to do yeah. nothing except give them to God. Come on, man. Give them to God. Come on now. There you can come on back. You got to give them to God. Paul said, I've been where you are, bro. It's nothing like it's nothing like when you see a grown woman tell a young girl like, "Girl, I've been where you are. Mm. You 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 can't do nothing to me. Right. You trying to take my man? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing when a grown man is dealing with a little boy and saying, "All right, son, do your thing. Come on, now. do your thing. Come on, come on, Beth. I've been where you are." And where you are is not going to lead to a good place. Right, right. So I try to warn you, but do your thing. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I've graduated from that. Right. And you need to look at somebody and say, I've graduated from that. I've graduated from I've that. Graduated from that. I'm in a better place now. I've allowed God to take me to a higher place. Yeah. I refuse to go backwards. Amen. I refuse to stoop down, go to you, to fight you from a place where I graduated from, to allow myself to go backwards into worry, into doubt, into fear, into struggle, because you can't deal. No. No. So somebody got to graduate. Huh? Somebody got to graduate. Somebody got to step their game up. You feeling me? Somebody got to step up. Say graduate. Graduate. Come on, hear you. Say graduate. 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 I don't hear you.
close your eyes for a second. Just imagine for a second. I don't know what you've been going through. But you're in the moment of your pregnant pause. You're in the moment when you have to make a decision to either, either mess up or graduate. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Will you continue to replay the same scenarios over and over again? Or are you going to graduate? Are you going to step up and say, God, I am tired of repeating the mistakes of the past. I'm tired of, of going through the same things over and over again. I'm tired of bumping my head on the same table. I am done with this. I'm ready to graduate. Please, if that's you, would you raise your hand? I see your hands. Hands all over the place. I'm going to pray with you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus. There's hands in this building saying, God, we're ready to graduate. We're tired of going backwards. We're tired of bumping our heads on the same things. We're tired of falling victim to the same emotions over and over again. God, help us to graduate. Just as Paul didn't go backwards, God, we don't want to go backwards anymore. Help us to stand strong, God, so we make good decisions. So no matter what the emotion is, God, no matter what the feeling is, Lord, that we can, God, we can be moving, stepping forward, God, tempered by your Holy Spirit, God. God, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God, help us to walk in your Spirit daily, God. Help us to always move in your spirit, to talk through your spirit, to believe in your spirit, to think through your spirit, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. We need your spirit daily, God. We need your spirit minute by minute, God, second by second, Lord. Help us to always, God, always, God, be in your spirit. We thank you, God, for your word. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.